Next Level Band, guys, give them a big round of applause. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. He can turn them lights on, cowboy. God is good. Amen. Man. Thank y'all for coming. Really, I mean it. Thank y'all for coming. When I see you come here, man, it just brings such joy to my heart. Knowing that I'm in my purpose, I'm in my destiny, I'm doing what God's called me to do. Uh, one announcement I did forget to make is our TV show that we've done with Trinity Broadcasting Network will air at 4 p.m. on Monday on Channel 14. So we've been waiting for that to air. So And then we, we meet with them at 11 o'clock on Tuesday to talk about more TV shows. So be in prayer for Caney Creek Cowboy Church and... And what we're doing there, amen, so I'm excited. Open your Bibles if you brought one to John. John chapter, I'm going to make sure I'm in the right spot. John, let me get my Bible. God is good. John chapter 20. How many have been down some rough roads? How many are so glad their life has changed? I was thinking about it as he was saying, give, singing, give me Jesus. And Todd was singing that song that he sung. And Mary sang that song. It talked about being free. This has nothing to do with why that cow is in that pen. Uh, but I was thinking as, as he was singing, give me Jesus. And I was reading the words that, that, that Mary was singing about being free. I, I don't tell them what to sing, guys. They sing what God lays on their heart. I don't call them up and say, sing this, 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 and this. But somehow God orchestrates all the music to go with the message. When Danny's over there preaching his Sunday school class or Jana's doing hers, it'll all coexist. Some, some, some great way that, 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 that God wants us to hear from him through music, through messages, through class, through studying. And as I was sitting there listening this morning, I was thinking, my prison cell, that I was in for two years and eight months was not very much bigger than this pen that this little longhorn calf is in today. I remember sitting in that prison day after day, month after month, with didn't seem like there was no hope at all that they would ever just open it up and just let me out, that they would just, just, just somehow. I really want to tell you, if you have never been to prison, do not go. It is overrated. Do not go. It's not a great plan for your life. Kids, stay out of trouble. Tell the truth. Do not steal. Do not kill. Do not cheat. Some people never make it out of prison. A lot more make it, uh, make it out of prison that don't, but there is a big mass number that don't. And I remember year after year, month after month, that song just brought such joy to my heart because I thought that that prison cell was my destiny. Uh, I saw two birthdays, two Christmases, two Thanksgivings. I saw I saw two two of a lot of everything, and I I was a number. I don't even remember what my number was, but you always had to tell your number is nine something 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 something. Look it up. I, it was me. You're going to go home and do a background check on me. It's long, deep, and wide, and, the, and, the, and it just keeps going and going and going. I hadn't always been saved. I hadn't always done the right thing. And it caught up with me, and they stuck me in prison. And I remember two Christmases, two Thanksgivings, two Fourth of Julys. I remember month after month, year after year, day after day, thinking that they forgot about me. Thinking, listen, guys, thinking that they forgot about me, thinking that, that, that this was the rest of my life. You know what was in that prison cell? Just a little bunk, just a little iron, cast iron, steel bunk. And, and, and there was a toilet that had the same sink and toilet, and they were all combined. And I'm telling you, my prison cell was about as half as big as this. And then you share it sometimes with one other person, maybe four. And it's no fun, folks. And I thought that was my destiny. I thought I'd never get out of that place. I thought I'd, I would never, ever get out of that place. I remember laying in bed at night. I remember thinking, 
I want to be free. Everybody's having fun. I want to be free. If they'll just let me go, I'll change my life. How many people know that a lot of people make deals when they're in jail? How many know when they they get in trouble, they start making deals with God? Can I share with you something that I've learned since I've been saved? If you make a deal with God, you better keep it. If you make a deal with our Lord and Savior, you better keep it. I remember making deals. I remember, Lord, if this is the day that they let me go, if this is the day, and about the time I thought that I was going to let go, they transferred me to another unit. They transferred me here. And I, and I was thinking, man, I, I know that they forgot about me. You may be here today and think that you're in some kind of prison and that there's no way out and that somebody's forgot about you. It wasn't true for me. One day I got this letter in the mail. And this letter said I had a release date. And I was so excited when I got that letter. And I, and I saw that release date on there. And I just couldn't wait for November the, the 18th. And I, and I was like, I remember it just like it was yesterday. I read it. It was November the 18th. I was like, whoa, November the 18th. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to run as fast as I can away from this place. I'm never coming back. I'm never coming back. I'm never coming back. And November the 18th came, and guess what? They didn't call my name to get out. They said, oh, we can't let you out from here. You got to go over here first, Palestine. And then you got to go over here to the walls. November came and gone. Another Christmas came and gone. February the 3rd, I got out. And I remember when I was standing there, they were letting people go and they were letting people go. Finally got to me and they gave me some clothes. Said, it's your turn. They handed me a check. They handed me a check for $200. And I looked at that check. I looked at it like it was gold. I promise you. I looked at it like it was gold. And there were people all around me. This has nothing to do with my message. This is just what the Holy Spirit wants me to tell you today right here. All these people were were talking about cigarettes and beer and drugs and this and that and the other. I looked at that $200 check as it was an opportunity for me to get away from this place and never, ever, 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 ever come back. And I'm going to say this, it, it snowed that weekend. I was supposed to get out on a Friday, and I was like, yeah, Friday, I'm get out, cool, I'll see my friend, everything's going to be great. And you know what, it snowed, and they shut the bus system down, so every convict that was supposed to get out on a Friday had to wait till Monday. Well, guess what? When Monday came around, everybody that was supposed to get out on Monday went ahead of everybody that was supposed to be out on Friday. And here we are in this cold gym, Cooper, and all the the windows are knocked out of this gym. It's freezing cold. They give you a blanket. There's 5,000. I don't know how many people is in that gym. I guarantee it was over 1,000 people in that gym. Everybody was getting out, and they were calling them by groups, and they were giving them their check, and they were putting their clothes on, and they were sending them out. And and it went all day. We started at 5 a.m., and here we are at 11 o'clock at night. And they're saying, man, everybody's going home today. We started second-guessing that. We started second-guessing our freedom. We started getting upset. And, and, and I remember it like it was yesterday. There was this one guy. He was really belligerent and stupid. And, 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 and <laughs> do not be belligerent and stupid when you're around a bunch of guards. It does not work out for your favor. I'm just telling you the truth. And, and so here it is, we started at 5, and it's 11 o'clock, and, 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 and we know that we're going to have to hold over another day. We're not getting out. We have froze to death. People would leave. I promise you, folks, it was so cold in there. It was 14 degrees in there. When people would leave, you'd run over there and, and get their blanket. You would just cover up. I guarantee by the end of the day, I had 17 blankets. And the guard stood up there, and the guard said this, Dakota. He said, I promise you guys. Today, everyone in this gym is going home. The bus runs till midnight. we got to get every one of you guys out of here. You're all going to be free today. Every one of you guys are going home. And, and he said, but we got to process you. Just be patient. And there was probably 100, 120 of us left. 
when everybody's going home. One guy got belligerent and stupid. He started screaming and cussing. And the guy's like, calm down. Some of the guards are all right. He's like, calm down, guy. You're going to go home today. Just And the guy started screaming and shouting and cussing. The, the guard said, look, dude, I promise you, I give you my word. Everybody's going home today. I'm not going home. Blah, blah. He was cussing, screaming, shouting, acting retarded. And, and I was like, man, I didn't say nothing. All of a sudden, that guard said, listen, dude, I'm going to give you one chance to shut your mouth. Go lay down. Everybody's going home. I promise you. And, and the guy kept running his mouth, and that guy did this. And all of a sudden, he said, everyone's going home today but him. And about ten guys slammed him on his forehead, beat him half to death, and drug him away. I never saw that guy again. He wasn't on the bus I left out there in. But I remember, guys, them handing me that check. It was 11.45. And I had to catch a Greyhound bus to Dallas, Texas, then back to Waco, Texas. I was paroling to my aunt's house. And I remember them saying, you got 15 minutes to make it to that bus. And the bus was way down the block. And I said, okay. I looked at that check, Danny. And I looked at it as an opportunity to start a new life. And I looked at that bus as an opportunity to get the hell away from here. Sometimes you have to have a holy determination that you're going to get the hell away from some, some things that you used to do. You hear me? Because I'm going to say some of the things I used to do would lead me straight to hell. That would lead me straight to hell. And I knew that I had to have a holy determination that, look, I ain't coming back. And if I'm speaking English and you can't swallow that, it's your problem. Because I'm going to be real with you today. There's some things you need to make your mind up to get away from right now. And you need to run for your doggone life. Look over here. Look, 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 look over here. If, if pornography is capturing your life, you need to run from it. If methamphetamines has got a hold on you, you need to run from it. If alcoholism is killing you and destroying you and ruining your family, you need to run for your life today. Stormy, they handed me that check, girl. I looked at that check, and I looked at that bus station. It was four or five blocks away. I can't remember how far it was. It seemed like it was a long, like five miles. I looked at that check, and he said, you got to cast the check. got to buy your bus ticket. you got to get on the bus. I was like, Woo! And I ran. And I mean, people was buying beers, and people was buying cigarettes, and they were casting their check, and they were going through the line. I just cut my way right up to the front. Sometimes if you really want it bad, you got to cut your way to the front of the line. Hey, put your feet down, girl. Sit up straight. Sit up straight. You got to cut some things out. You got to get this holy determination. You got to get this fortitude about you that you want to run away from the problem, from the past, and run into your destiny. How many of you ever felt like they just trapped in the past, trapped in the past? All your old buddies can't get away with all the old people, all the old language, all the old things. You can run away from that today by the power of Jesus Christ. I cut my way into the front of that line. I stood there with my check. He said, what else you got? I said, nothing. I need that ticket. I need that pay. And I promise you, there was a black conductor that was running that Greyhound bus that day. And he had his hand on the lever, and I had my hand on the door. Nuh-uh, Jack, I'm gone. It started a new life for me, a life full of purpose and passion, a full of change and opportunities. A life where I wouldn't settle that my past was my future. I have people all the time say, well, I've been to prison. I can't get a job. You're a liar. I've been to prison. I, I, can't, I can't have what you have. You're a liar. God is the God that does not allow us to live in the past. Unless we choose to live in the past. You have a choice that you have to make today that, that you are not going to be prisoned by the circumstances that you see before you. You are going to run to your destiny. You are going to run to your purpose, and you're going to run for your life. If I were to tell you that you were going to die in the next five minutes unless you could make it to that cattle garden back, I don't care what your physical limitations are. You would do everything in your power to get to that cattle guard. If I would tell you right now is the time for change and purpose and destiny and that you are to run for your life. 
Would you listen to me this morning? You see, there comes a time that we have to learn. Not walk, not meander, not be lazy, not be all slouched down and unpurposed and, and, and just, oh, when the video game goes off, I'll get up and give me a job. I had a guy tell me the other day, I'm just waiting on a job, Brother Mark. Oh, yeah? What are you waiting for? He said, well, I hope they call me. I'm putting applications online. I come from a generation. You didn't put an application online. You would knock on somebody's door and say, look at me. I got a strong back. I got a smart mind. And if you give me an opportunity, I'll take the $6 an hour. But I promise you, I'm going to do everything I can to get you your job today. I remember I filled out a job application not long ago, and they said, in case of emergency, who to call? I put 911, man. What's the matter with you? If something goes bad, I want you to call somebody. I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to somebody today, and I want to tell you to run for your life. Thursday, I went to Waco, and I just needed to get away. A lot of things that transpired in the last week or so that's really broke my heart. And some things you just need to, you just need some time. You just got to move. You got to, you got to get away. You got to run. Got to just be by yourself. Anybody ever been to be like that? Sometimes you're just better left alone. And I knew I just needed to be. Mary said, "I'll go with you." Dalton said, "Why don't you wait on me, Dad?" I said, "No, I just need to go by myself." I'm trucking down seven. I, I got scripture to back all this up, and I'm going to stay with this a minute. I was trucking down seven in my truck. And there's some black Angus cows, and they're out on the side of the road. And there's this little lady, and she has one of them four-wheel mule things, and she is chasing them down the road. And I looked, and I saw that somebody must have left the gate open, and they got here, and she was chasing the cows with her motor scooter. And I was thinking to myself, lady, you need to flank the cows, not chase the cows. But I, I, I didn't give it much thought, and the Holy Spirit said, turn around. Help her out. So I whipped my truck around, and I, and I pulled up. And I didn't go to the cows as the cow passed me. I rolled down my window. I said, lady, stop chasing them. They're going to run if you chase them. Stop chasing them. I said, what we got to do is we got to flank them. We got to open the gate. You get down there. I'll get here, and I'll push them. I will push them. Say that with me. I will push them into their purpose, into their destiny. I will push them into the right location. You see, people say uh, a lot of times, uh, come go with me and follow me. Well, sometimes we have to be pushed. Our Lord and Savior does things to push us. If I could tell you one thing about life and the certainty of it, it's uncertain. Somebody grab that. If I can tell you one thing about life, you don't know what tomorrow holds. You can make plans to go on a trip. You can make plans to go to work. You can make plans. But sometimes plans change with my Lord and Savior. And the unexpected is always unexpected. So you better learn. Learn this. Listen, if this is your first time here, this is how I talk. Learn this. You better learn to be flexible. You better learn to be flexible, bendable, shapeable, moldable. So I told the lady, I said, stop chasing them. But they're going to get in the road. I said, you're driving them to the road, ma'am. You go down to the gate, and I'll bring them to you. Okay, sweetie. And she whipped that thing around, threw mud all over me. My truck, I was rolling up my window. I got way down there in front of them. I didn't chase them. I stayed on the road. I got way down there in front of them. And I started driving them back to her. Another guy showed up. He had a little safety vest on. I guess he was a, a road construction worker. And we eased them. We drove them. They kind of trotted. Some of them kind of run. But they knew where they were going. And they went right back to the spot that they were in. She said, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I said, no problem. She said, what do I owe you? I said, you don't owe me nothing. If you ever see my cows out, do not chase them. She started laughing. I said, have a good day. And I, I was going away, and the Lord said to me, all they want to be is free. All they want to be is free. As I was driving away, the Lord whispered into my heart, all they want to be is free. They've been behind those fences. Some of you have been limited by your circumstances and your situations that you put yourself in. 
Some of you are living in a prison and you have never been in prison. Some of you are capturing these thoughts in your mind that you can't and you won't and you, you never will. Those are lies from the enemy. He wants to keep you in prison. He wants to keep you trapped. I found this scripture and I said, wow, I want to share this story. And the Lord just began to feed me that we're to run and we're to run for our life and run for our destiny. And I found this in John chapter 20. Go there. Got my Bible? Give me five minutes and I'll be done. Everybody's there. Say amen. Early on Sunday morning. While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran, say run, say run. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciples, the ones who loved Jesus. She said, they have taken my Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other, other disciples started out for the tomb. Now listen, they were both running. Say they were both running. You got to run together sometimes, folks. Somebody grab that today. You and your wife need to be running together. You and your family need to be running together. You and your wife, you and your family, you and the circle that you live in should be running towards the same purpose. Watch. Pay attention. You're reading it right here. Listen. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Mac came to the tomb, and they had found the stone, and the stone had been rolled away in the entrance. She ran, say run, and found Simon Peter and the disciples, the one who loved Jesus. She said, they have taken my Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know what they've done with him. Verse 3 says, Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb, and they were both. But the disciple, one of the disciples, outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked and saw that the linens were wrapped lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived, went inside. He had noticed the linen wrappings were lying there while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded and lying apart from the other wrapping. Then the disciples who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. Say, saw and believed. For until then they had, hadn't understood the scripture that said Jesus must rise from the dead. And then they went home. The women went down to the tomb to pay their respect for the ones that they loved. How many love Jesus this morning? How many know how important it is to respect him and love him? Come on, somebody. If you love him, you'll follow him. If you love him, you'll live for him. If you love him, you'll do what the Bible says. They loved him. They loved him. They loved him. They went down to the tomb. They loved him. The women went down to pay their respects for the ones they lost. Now, I want you to grab this because y'all been to Easter plays. Y'all watched the resurrection. Y'all watched the passion. You know how it turns out. You know that the stone was rolled away. You know what the Bible says. You've been to our play. You see our scripts. You know the stuff. But these ladies did not have a clue that the stone had rolled away. Let me make a point here. They did not have a clue what they were encountering. They were walking. I want you to learn this. They were walking down to the tomb to, to put oil and frankincense and myrrh and burial spirit, burial oils and stuff on his body because his body was probably starting to stink. And that's what they were about to walk into something that stunk. And, and they were going to put the frankincense and the myrrh and the oils all over Jesus' body. And for, 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 uh, uh, for That's what they, they wanted to do because they loved him. They did not know, say they did not know. Now you being a theologian, they did not know what they were about to see. They did not know that the tomb had rolled away. For if they had known, watch this, for if they had known that he was going to raise from the dead, they probably wouldn't have went anyway. They probably wouldn't have went anyway. They'd have stayed where they were. They thought oh, he'll be here in just a little while. They didn't know. They didn't know. You and I know because we've seen Easter. You and I know because we, we've acted, we read it, we, we study this year after year. You and I know because we carry the little baskets and fine eggs and we explain why the egg is open and, 
and there's nothing in there, and Jesus is gone. You and I know, but they didn't know, Carl. You know why they went? They went because they loved him. You grab this, Victor. They went because they loved him. How many people know this in life? If you can get a few people to love you, if you can get a few people to love you, you have done something. In your lifetime, from the time you were born to the time that you die, if you can find a few that love you no matter what, you have done something. You have accomplished something. See, I, I want to get this. You and I have the privilege of knowing what took place. But they didn't know. They didn't have a clue what was going on. They, they took the frankincense and the myrrh and the burial senses and, and the aroma. They were going to something sinks because sometimes in life there's some smelly places. The women came down to the tomb with a heavy heart because they loved him so much regardless of their commission, their, their, their condition. I, I was thinking about it. How many went down there too? Watch this. Pay attention. How many went down there too? Mary, Magdalene, and the other Mary. Who went down there with them? There was two. Where are all the others? Where were all the others? Where was blind Bartimaeus? Where was Lazarus? Where were the 5,000 that Jesus fed? Where were all the other people? They weren't there. Where was the woman that touched his garment? Kenny, she wasn't there. Where was the woman at the well, the prostitute? Where was she at? She wasn't there. Where are all the people? See, I want to show you something. There are some people that will ride with you as long as they can get something out of you. But the moment it all goes to hell, they don't show up. The moment that they can get all the, anybody ever been around that people like that? As long as they get something out of you. As long as they can get some money out of you, as long as they can get a place to stay, as long as they can get something from you. Anybody better run out there? Am I the only ones ever experienced people like that in my life? Where were the ones? Where was the leopards? Where were the leopards? They weren't there. There was just two. In your lifetime, I don't mean to scream up, but I want you to understand. In your lifetime, if you can find a few that would love you unconditionally, you have been blessed. You have been blessed. You have been blessed. The women came down to the tomb with heavy hearts because they loved him so much regardless of their condition. No one else showed up in your life. If you have a few people in your whole life, from the time that you were born till the time you die, that love you unconditionally. There are people that love you, but they put conditions on it. I wish somebody would wake up. There are people that love you, but they put conditions on it. As long as you give them what they want, as long as you go the way they want to go, as long as you do, they love you. The same people that hollered crucify him were the same ones that were hollering Hosanna, King of Kings, and Lord of Lords. There are a few people that will ride with you as long as they can get something from you. I have seen that. I have witnessed that. I have felt that. I have cried that. I have paced the floor, lost sleep over that. I have allowed that to imprison me. There's no fun in that. But if you, over here, can find just a few people, Brother Rayford, that will love you unconditionally in your life. You're a blessed man. You are a blessed man. Can you see him coming down to the tomb? Can you see him with a heavy heart, with a broken spirit? Can you see the ladies? Now picture this in your mind. Let's go down to the tomb. And all of a sudden, it's a mess. All of a sudden, what they just encountered, Donnie, is a mess. They're going down. they got a heavy heart. They're walking slow. All of a sudden, now pay attention. Don't worry about the cow. Pay attention to the message. Listen, all of a sudden, there's a mess. Mary and the other man, what is going on? 
Oh my goodness, it's a disarray. What has happened? The tomb has been rolled away. Can you imagine? Visualize that with me. I can't wait till they put me on TV. They're going to be cracking up. Can you imagine? Picture yourself being them. You're going up there. You're going to put oils and scents on Jesus' body. Unconditionally, no matter what it smells like, you love him so much that you're willing to give him all of your time, all of your talent, all of your treasures. Even when all hope is gone, you still love Jesus. And they go down there. And they're walking slow. They're walking slow. They have a heavy heart. They have a heavy spirit. They're walking slow. And they get down there. And there's a big mess. There's an absolute big mess going on. Because I want to say this. Don't it say somewhere that an earthquake came? Anybody ever seen what an earthquake can do? Lightning thunder. Earthquake came. The whole earth shook. There was a big mess. And all of a sudden, things began to change. It was an absolute mess. The stone had been rolled away. It had been disrupted. And they looked there, and there was nothing in there. The Bible does not tell how they walked, Granny, up there. But it does tell how they You hear me and hear me and I'm done. They run for their life. Listen, Jesus was their entire life. They run. What have they done with my Jesus? What have they done? Where have they taken his body? I got to go get Peter the rock. I need somebody if in your lifetime. You can find a couple of people to be your rock, to love you unconditionally, no matter if you've been in prison. When I tell people I've been in prison, they say, "Uh -uh. Uh uh-uh. I tell people all the time, Hey, welcome to our church. Oh, I looked you up. Okay, good. Welcome here. Love you. Because my Bible serves me that there's no perfect people. There was only one perfect person. And listen to me. They go down there. It's all messed up. And, and, and listen to me. They, they go down there. They don't tell how they walked up there. They don't tell the pace of what they went. But when they left, they was running. Because there's something in your life that will make you run. There are some things in your life that will make you run. Prison made me run. Run for a better tomorrow. Run for change. I heard my daddy always say, you'll never have a pop of pee in or a window to throw it. I heard that when the bar door slammed. He was so true and so right that I was going to make a liar out of him come hell or high. I heard people say all kinds of ugly things about you. I know that they know you from the outside world, but it don't matter what the outside says. It's what the inside is doing this morning. I don't care what they say. They left running. (laughs) There's something in your life. You ain't got time to cry. You ain't got time to mourn. You ain't got time to talk about it. You just got to run. They left running. They were running. They were running. Can you imagine having them dresses on? They were getting it. Go find the rock. Go find somebody. Anybody ever been in a situation you knew who you could go to and you had to go there? If in your life you can find a few people that you could call friends, that you could call family, that you can call brothers. And no matter where you've been through, no matter what the stink is, no matter what, they're going to love you unconditionally. She got to run, tell Peter and the other disciples she needs some help. 
Oh, she didn't expect to see how many. She, she, didn't, she didn't wait. She had to run. I can tell you this right now, and I'm done. I promise, I promise, I promise I'm done. I can tell you this for sure right now that nothing is for sure. Write that down. Write that down. I can tell you for sure that nothing is for sure. I can tell you for sure that nothing is for sure. Are we going to see them in a little while? Maybe not. Oh, I'll have this job for the next 50 years. Maybe not. I do. Maybe not. One thing I can tell you for certain is nothing is certain in this world. There's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unsettlement. That's why it's so important from the back of the church to the front of the church for us to run this race. As Paul says, there's a race that we are to run, and we are not to scoot, take a break, get somebody else to take us. We are to run this race as we are going for a prize. Them ladies, man, they hiked their skirts up. Man, they was bolting. They were running. Can you picture that? They were running. They got Peter, and Peter said, let's go. I remember he said on the third day that he would run. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And I don't know, I don't know how old Peter was at this time, and I don't know how old the other disciples were, but they probably had some young stud there, and Peter was like, but let's go, and then some young stud just passed him up. Says it, that he was running, and he got passed up. But when they got there, he was so mesmerized that he couldn't even go in. Peter showed up, he went in, he saw the cloths, he saw the one that they had put on Jesus' head after they had whipped him with the cat of nine tails and they mashed the crown of thorns on his head. And as they wrapped his body and they, they saw that linen that was covered in blood and it was folded nice and neat. All of a sudden, man, what a great testimony for you and I. I can tell you that nothing is for sure. One day you can count on it, the next day you can't count on it. One day that job is there, the next day it ain't. One day those people who said they were may not be. Life will often disrupt you when you're least expecting it. Put my life in this nice little box. Got everything in order. And cancer comes along. I'm going to put my life in this pretty little box. I'm going to get a ribbon. I'm going to paint the lime green as my color. I'm going to sprinkle it with some sprinkled donut flavor stuff, make it look pretty. And all of a sudden, the loss of a loved one comes along. How do I handle that? How do you handle that? You enter into this relationship with someone who loved you so much that he was willing to die for you. That came freely. At any time, he could have called 10,000, 10 million, 10 legions of angels to bring him off this cross. I can't get to my tomorrows if I don't have him today. Just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. These ladies had this relationship with their Savior. They left running because he wasn't there. I'm going to leave you with that because I want to I want to say this and I want you to grasp this. Just as soon as you get your life in this neat little box. This is what's going to happen. This is where I want to go. This is what we're going to do. I always tell people, tell God your plan so he can laugh at you. You get all used to this and you get all used to that. Can I say this to you? You better get used to some disappointments. You better get used to some hurts. You better get used to some pain. But getting used to that stuff without him is hard. It's miserable. And when people find themselves in substance and bottles and so many things other than him, 
But the Lord said that I come that you may be free and free indeed. See, this little cow, he had no plans on being here. We just bought him. Isn't he cute? He's like really cute. Somebody help me clean up the cuteness. He did not plan on being in here today, but he has been really good. Just like your life and my life, God wants to take the fences down. He wants to open us up to a whole new thing. I know. Take us places we've never been. Shh. Shh. Open the doors and let him out. Close your eyes. Every head bowed and eyes closed. Don't touch him. He'll go. He went on his own. Nobody touched him. Nobody barked. He just wants to be free. How about you today? Can y'all come with a band, the whole band? Come back up one time. Come right now. How about coming today and saying, Brother Mark, I want to be free. Come on right now. Mary, you, Jana, everybody, come and sing that song that, that you sang about being free. Sing that again. Can we play that one more time? I don't care about how long it takes. Come right now. I just want to tell you that God loves you and Every head bowed and every eye closes. They come right now. Come up here with me and join me at this altar saying, Brother Mark, I want to be free from my own fears. So every head bowed and every eye closes. Anybody here scared of something? Come put your hand on this fence with me. Say, Brother Mark, I want to be free. I don't want to be bottled up anymore. I don't want to be caged. Come, come right now. I don't want to worry about my marriage anymore. I don't want to worry about... My, my future anymore. I don't want to be scared to die anymore. Come, don't be scared of anybody else. We've got plenty of room. You can get up. If it's your first time here and God is saying for you to come, come put your hands on this. You can come inside here with me. As they begin to play, everyone stand. I think it's easier for you to get up if somebody's standing. Come, everyone stand. I'm going to slide this back just a little bit. And if you want to put your hand on this, you can climb in here with me. You can, you can do whatever you want to do. Come on, somebody say, I want to be free. Say that with me, I want to be free. Father, we just break every chain from addiction, pornography. Lord, come, come right now. Come on now. As soon as you all get here, I'll pray. You can't make your way to the fence. You just put your hand on the back of somebody who's holding this fence. The Lord's presence is in this place. You say, Brother Mark, I'm tired of living this way. Come right now. You're going to be free. You're fixing to run. You're fixing to run. Come. Come on right now. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm afraid to open my eyes and see this. Maybe you, you're saying, Brother Mark, you think God loves me? I know that God loves you. Come on, somebody believe that with me. I know that God loves every person in this church. Suicide is not the answer. Somebody hear me right now. Suicide is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. If you're here and you're battling depression, come right now. Put your hand on this fence. Come right now. Say, Lord, I need you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to believe that God is going to heal you today.
right now. Fix it and pray. And when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Come right now. Everyone stand. Everyone stand. Lord, Touch the person on the left of you, to the right of you. Touch the person on the left of you and to the right of you. today. We are going to be like Peter and the other disciples and take a look for ourselves that you are a live and risen Savior today, Father. That you are on the right hand of the Father and that we are not been a forsaken people today. We are children of the utmost high God. Lord, I want everyone to hear me and hear me good. God does not make junk. God makes perfect things and you are perfect in his sights today. I pray for you right now in the Jesus' holy name as you're touching someone and I'm touching you and we're touching this fence that God would just touch our hearts right now. Lord, touch our hearts. Cleanse our lives from things that are not supposed to be there. There's a number of things, hate and, and illness and ignorance, Father. Father, we, we rebuke today, Father, the spirit of, uh, of racism, Father, that we would not be a people that would love color, that we would love everyone, Father. Father, I pray for the moms and the dads in this church. I want them to know if they'll keep running, they're going to make it. If you're single today and you're looking for love, listen, Jesus is the greatest love of all time. You run, you run, you run. He will fill your heart. He'll fill your mind. He'll fill your soul with everything you need. Run for your life. You fit in here. Come on, somebody say that with me. You fit in here. Let me hear the whole church say that. You fit in here. Come on, somebody say it louder. You fit in here. Come on, say it one more time. You fit in here. Jesus has got a plan and a purpose for us. Lord, I ask you to set them free. Heal them today. If there's somebody here who's never prayed and asked Jesus into their heart, pray with me right now. Just pray. Say, dear Lord, come into my life and save me. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. And I'm going to live, and I'm going to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Somebody give God a praise this morning. You may make your way back to your seat.